0: Okay. All right. We're in. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm waiting for you to do what you usually
1: do. (laughs) Hi, guys.
0: (laughs) Welcome
1: to the 13th Floor Podcast. I am Cece. I'm
2: Alex. I'm James.
1: And yeah, this is the 13th Floor where we talk about some interesting topics.
0: (laughs) Yeah? Like? (laughs) Listen, intros are not, not my strong
1: suit. Um... Well, last week we talked about vampires, and this week we're talking about tulpas. Is it, James, is it tulpa? How do you say plural of tulpa? It's a
2: point of contention. Um, Some people insist that it's tulpae, T-U-L-P-A-E, but it's also not a Latin word. So that's where it's a problem, is you're dealing with Sanskrit and Tibetan language. So I I say tulpae, but tulpas is fine.
1: Okay, I think that I might say tulpas just because... That rolls off the tongue a little bit easier for me. (laughs) But before we start talking about telepos, I guess we need to do our icebreaker, right?
0: Yeah, we got to do our icebreaker. Okay. I want to do one that's going to cause contention. Uh Uh-oh. Not necessarily (laughs) uh, between us, but at least with our listeners.
1: Oh, great. All right. What's the question?
0: What do you consider the most overrated piece of media you've seen? Uh, Something that everybody loves and you don't like. Um, or, or at least you think is overrated, I guess. But maybe you don't like would be more interesting.
1: There's so much though. Yeah. A, there is a
0: lot. There's a lot. Well, you know, you just just pick one.
1: Um. Well, I feel like I can't really say Game of Thrones because I've never seen it. But yeah,
0: you can't say that. You can't say something you haven't seen. You can't say something you can't verify yourself.
1: I just I'm so tired of people telling me I have to watch that.
0: That's not the same thing.
1: <sighs> okay. <laughs> um, 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 um.
2: Okay. What about you, James? You James, got one? you go, you go. Um, at this point, you know, when I was a kid, I remember being picked on for liking Star Wars and Star Trek. At this point, like, fewer fan bases are more annoying, especially Star Wars. Like, you could just be a clip of George Lucas's colonoscopy and people just lose their minds about how great and excited they are and i i i think i'm just
0: i'm fed up with star wars well point. you know everybody kind of got fed up with i mean solo seemed, actually i think last jedi was the straw that broke the camel's back because yeah. no one really went and saw that but they they contributed to being Too many people, or too many Star Wars movies, and it caused people to not want to go see them anymore, like it was Mm oversaturation, but if anything, Marvel has proved that there's no such thing as oversaturation. If you do well, you make a good product, but Star Wars didn't make a good product with Last Jedi. No, they haven't made a good
2: product since like 1986. (laughs) I
0: I, I enjoyed Force Awakens. I really did. Yeah, it was alright. And I liked Rogue One. But Last Jedi I thought was abysmal, and that's not going to be my overrated, but that thing is hot trash. What's your overrated? (sighs) I think, I mean, you already said Game of Thrones, and that's something I'm currently watching and I think is a little overrated, but.
1: I understand the appeal. It's just, I guess, it's not that I think that it's overrated, it's that I just, I'm tired of people telling me to watch it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I understand I'm so
1: far behind, it's like, I'd rather watch other things at this point. Yeah. I,
0: I can understand that. Uh, I would say most overrated movie that I've seen, that everybody loved, Inside Lewin Davis. I knew by the you were going to say that. Uh. that. I think, you know what, here's, here's, my, here's my overrated hot take now. Coen Brothers haven't made a good movie since, well, True Grit doesn't really count because it's a remake, so since Burn After Reading.
2: I didn't even like their remake of True Grit, to be honest.
0: I enjoyed it, but I never saw the original, so I couldn't really compare. Uh, okay. That's the deal then. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, since Burn After Reading, I think they've lost touch with what really made their movies good. Hmm. Become really self-indulgent. And I, I don't enjoy them anymore. Have you seen Buster Scruggs? I have not seen Buster Scruggs, so that is that's the asterisk. It's it's bleak, but I think you'll like it at the very okay. Oh, I, I like bleak. It's just yeah. there well, movie No,
2: Trust me. Way. There's 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 times where I've watched it and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like it's it's bleak. Like, don't uh, don't watch it before bed.
1: <laughs> Good tip. Um, for me, I'm having for some reason I'm blanking here. But I remember, and this is old, but t- when Twilight came out, everybody was ranting and raving about that. I that's about kind of that.
0: mainstream thought, I think, yeah. now.
1: That's all I can think of. <laughs> that's literally all I can think I just, of. I got,
2: I got kind of an anti-one. I hate it when people complain about things that are unpopular, like they're they're the voice of reason. Like, I sure hate Nickelback, right, guys? Like, yeah, okay, oh, yeah. most people do. Like, does that make you classy or tasteful because you don't like something that's not popular
1: yeah i
0: understand that and it's also kind of lame when people like everybody loves a movie and then like one person just in every conversation eh, yeah eh, i didn't like it i didn't like it they could just be quiet about it but <laughs> i say that but then like the last yeah, jedi I mean, the last jedi is like my kryptonite i'm not even a huge star wars fan but i was so excited for that movie because it looks so awesome but yeah. then i forgot that Ryan Johnson has a tendency to uh, subvert expectations the entire movie and leave you wanting like an actual good movie somewhere in between.
1: Mm. 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 That was fun. You, did you ever come up with one? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to move on. Okay. I guess I forgot to ask you guys how you've been. It's been an entire week since our listeners have heard from us. All right. Listeners, how have you been? Why don't you tweet at us at Thirteenth Floor Podcast? No, mm, yeah,
0: it's not the Thirteenth Floor Podcast, right? It's Thirteenth
1: floor. floor Podcast. So it's not one. like
0: the podcast.
1: Yeah, the number one, the number three, T H Floor Podcast.
0: Yeah, tweet at us. Uh, send us some suggestions. We usually we save this part for the end of the episode, but we've jumped the gun.
1: Listen, listen. <laughs> how have you guys been?
0: I've <laughs> uh, been good. Been good. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I mean, now a lot's been going on. James.
2: Uh, I've had a sinus infection that has just kicked my ass this yeah. year. Alex oh has one, God. too. You're me both, man. Oh, man. It is, it is the worst one I've ever had. I haven't had one in years, and it's like this one makes up for it. It's
0: just, oh, my gosh. See, mine's partly due to my own negligence because – I'm really bad about going to the doctor, so mm-hmm. I have not gone to get my prescriptions re-prescribed, Ren- Ren- renewed, renewed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, it's kind of like a self-inflicted wound. Ah,
2: mind just the weather—it's it's flipping forty degrees today. Tomorrow will be eighty. The next day it'll be thirty, and it's just unnatural.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was the like forties here, and I was walking around like in a t-shirt, like oh. It's not cold, and then I got in the car, and it was 40, and I was like, I wonder if I'd seen this beforehand, if I'd been wearing a jacket, and like, oh, I'm so cold. <laughs> so how much is how much is heat in our minds? Ooh, like a tulpa.
1: Like a tulpa? Oh, that's a nice little <laughs> transition into our topic today. It was
0: a bad story with a nice transition.
1: <laughs> tulpa, or tulpy, or tulpas.
0: Yeah, and it just... Brace yourselves, anyone who thinks we're speaking incorrectly, but I'm going to say Tulpa's the whole time.
1: I'm going to say Tulpa's too. (laughs) I'm going to say Tulpa's
0: because of, uh, you know, peer pressure.
1: (laughs) 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 Tulpa peer pressure. Um, But just a, I guess, disclaimer, when it comes to Tulpa's, there's some blurry lines that I've come to find. And if we say something that is inaccurate or, I don't know. Well,
0: there's no hard science behind it. Not yeah, really. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of studies and stuff that point us maybe in the right direction, but there's nothing concrete. Yeah. yeah. So
1: everything that we're talking about today is kind of, it, this is a very new thing when it comes to, it's not new, uh, as James will talk about here in a minute, but as it is today, it's, it's a newer movement. So, um, James, you're going to be talking about the origins of Tulpa- Mansi, Tulpa, yep. Mansi. Are the Tulpa's right.
0: parents both shot in an alley after a play? Alex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Tulpa begins. Um, but yeah, Tulpa's sort of start from Buddhism, and that goes all the way back to India with the original. Well, not the original Buddha. That's oh man, that's a whole other can of worms. Then the most well-known Buddha, the Buddha uh, Gautama, and. One of the chief principles of Buddhism is that reality is a consequence of consciousness, not the other way around. Like if you look at most belief systems, most structures, it's the idea that the universe is made of matter and matter came into being at some point, either through a creator or through the Big Bang or whatever. And then over time, matter became life and then life became conscious and then consciousness began to perceive matter and, and you know, interact with matter, interface with the universe. Well, Buddhism doesn't look at it that way. The way they see it, consciousness just has always existed in a variety of permutations. And consciousness needing something to perceive created reality as sort of like a projection. Um, so as a result, the self, the way we think of it, is just... And abstraction and everything else stems from that. So, uh, as a result of that point of view, the Buddha himself argued that a person, through strict meditation and, and strict adherence to, to Buddhist principles, could sort of create a, a mind body, like a, a projection of yourself, a projection of your body, and you could travel to other realms. You could uh, have greater control over your own reincarnation, which really, I mean, that's what reincarnation is. It's the the consciousness going to different forms, becoming a different person.
0: So Um, like Dr. Strange, uh, kind of like an astral projection? Is that what what you're mentioning? That's actually a great way
2: of looking at it. Um, Yeah. Now, uh, one of the chief goals in meditation is to perceive yourself as this mind construct your true self really like not you in the physical sense but the you perceiving you who you really are which is more like a thought form and they call this an emanation body or animata. and anybody who's meditated if you've ever you know been meditating in a dark room and all of a sudden you you see a light that's animata. nimitta that's the, that's the real you according to buddhism so hmm. it gets a little more complicated because if you're really good at it, again, bear in mind, the universe is a projection according to this uh, belief system. Eventually, you could create a nimeta so strong and powerful and noticeable that other people see it. So uh, you see this a lot in different schools where like an old monk who's been like meditating for like 70 years, they die and they, they turn into like a rainbow body. Like they, they literally just turn into light and vanish. That's, that comes from that idea. Well then fast forward to Tibet and you have these monks who are sort of focusing so hard on, on these emanations that they actually start conjuring, according to them, beings out of their own thoughts, concrete individuals, and it, we actually have a really famous example everybody's note, you know we, we're talking about how it's arguable if some people can see a Topa or not uh, mm-hmm. the Dalai Lama is kind of, sort of, considered to be, like, a tulpa. Like, he's he's uh, an emanation of the bodhisattva of compassion. So, I mean, it, it becomes blurry. See, this is the thing. You know, Alex, you were talking about how it's a blurry thing. Is he a reincarnation of that person's consciousness, or is he a projection of a pre, of what we would consider to be a dead person's consciousness? Um so that's, that's, effectively, yeah, that's, that's effectively what a tulpa is. It's a being with a body that's been emanated from someone else's consciousness. A thought form is another word that people use for it.
1: Well, um, I know that when we, when we talked about the Loch Ness Monster, there were theories that the Loch Ness Monster was exactly, a tulpa as well. Yeah.
2: yeah, Some people argue that all supernatural phenomena are just the result of, of people collectively uh, and unconsciously or consciously creating something. Um, which is a really interesting theory and, and one that I would never um, disparage. It's, it's actually really fascinating to think that like maybe that's where all the strange, unexplained things are and what, where they come from. Uh, hmm. But what, what what's interesting about the Tibetans is for centuries this was the case. Nobody in the West really knew about this. This was just something monks would do in order to sort of have an ideal to aspire to. So what you do, let's say you're a novice monk, you've started seeing your own nimitta. So now you get a little better at sort of conjuring things in your own mind. So you start creating like idealized versions of of previous teachers or bodhisattvas or, or Buddhas in the past, devas, things like that. And you use them as kind of like imaginary friends to teach you to be a better monk. So you're learning from parts of yourself that are sort of connected to like the uh I guess what Jung would call or Jung or whatever would call like the uh the collective unconscious. And you know, you could argue this is what writers and artists plug into when, when they create things. Um so it, it that's an interesting thing to think about. That, you know, we think of a Tulpa as imaginary, but we think of art as concrete. Well, art was originally abstract, wasn't it? Until somebody yeah. made it real. And that's sort of what Tulpi are. They're they're beings that are made real Made manifest through thought. Fast forward a little bit, it gets brought to the West. People start uh, uh, really going to town during the spiritualist movement. Uh, they start practicing it, and as a result of not having the same teachings or the same view, uh, again, a lot of people in the West they think of it as an imaginary friend. It kind of started lending itself to some problems. Uh, you, you have, and I know you'll cover this. Later, Alex, you have instances where people sort of have nervous breakdowns because they're harassed and harangued <laughs> by their tulfi, uh-huh. which is not something that you would normally have in in the Tibetan tradition.
1: That's about full, what time was this?
2: Um, early twentieth century. Like when think about okay. when like Madame Blavatsky was around and Aleister Crowley. Again, the spiritualist movement. That was when people started really getting into it, and then of course it got even more popular in like the sixties with the counterculture and all the the things from India and the Far East becoming like in vogue, especially in California, things like that. Um, Fast forward even further. (laughs) Oh man, this is where things kind of get real peculiar. Fast forward (laughs) to 4chan. Um, You got people who are really interested in the paranormal on 4chan. Uh, Lucid dreaming, meditation, egregores, which is kind of like a Western view of topi That's like when you make like a, a spiritual being like conjuring a demon sort of, but it, the demons from inside of you from your own mind. Um, well, some people who are fans of my little pony decided that uh, fan fiction and cartoons weren't enough that they wanted to really, you know, just chill out with Pinkie pie on a Saturday afternoon. And who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> and so a lot of people like, hundreds of people maybe even thousands of people began to tulpa force to topomance, uh and it led to some problems um this is subjective because again you know i mean who would lie on the internet but sometimes <laughs> sometimes people claim to have real problems uh one person for example i was joking earlier about pinky pie one fella he made a pinky pie who uh Apparently, somehow became aware that she was a Tulpa and just followed him around all day, every day for days and days, begging for him to kill her, uh, which led to him having a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So kind of a problem. You know, you could also draw a parallel between this and the geniuses or the demons, which I've got a whole YouTube video about how that's a misnomer. I'm not talking about devils. Um If you look at at that idea, it's like the collective unconscious of your family tree, like inspiring you. That kind of goes hand in hand with Tulpa too. But it's really interesting to see it go from an obscure, somewhat esoteric Buddhist concept in India to a more mainstream concept in Tibet to a fully mainstream concept in the spiritualist movement to people on 4chan making ponies with their brains.
1: And yeah. 4chan happened, what year was that? That it kind it of. Was
2: around 2011, 2012 when it really took off.
1: Now, okay. I wanted
0: to ask you something, James. Okay. The <laughs> the person, the user that create, that started this, went yeah. by the name Plebe, a term that I've heard you use many times. <laughs> also, <laughs> lucid dreaming. <laughs> something you re- got you consistently reference and Tompa's point. you consistently reference and he's a
1: big fan of uh of My Little Pony it, yeah uh,
0: so James is there something you want to tell the audience <laughs>
2: to, to be full disclosure total coincidence <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got into lucid dreaming as a teenager, and pleb is popular on on 4chan, which that is probably where I picked up the word. That being said, uh, I I do not browse that particular board, nor have I ever attempted to create an imaginary horse friend. So, yeah. <laughs> well, now that we have that
1: out of the way. <laughs> My heart can rest. So, James, one thing that I have a question about is, like, when I was doing a lot of my research, and this is probably just, um, like, the, I guess, more recent subculture, but everything that I read suggested that a tulpa was just in the person's brain and that other people usually cannot see the tulpa, like, physically manifested. Is that more old-school tulpamancy or is that –
2: New-school topomancy is really the idea that it's purely mental, and that that goes hand-in-hand with the Western view of the universe. You know, the universe is concrete, it's objective, it's made out of matter, and when we perceive things, we're just sort of uh, interfacing with something that's real. Whereas Eastern Topomancy is more spiritual, and the idea of other people seeing it is
0: much, much more likely.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah, which lines up with some of the stuff we saw like, yeah. uh, well, there there is a warning about creating tulpas because it can lead to what, nervous disas- breakdowns. Yeah, nervous yeah. breakdowns. Uh, cognitive was it cognitive dis- disassociative?
1: All the, no. all. There's, you, there's you're going to cover the warnings. I'm well. I'm not going to cover the warnings. But when I so was going to
0: interrupt my warning.
1: <laughs> I, well, I'm I'm going to stop your warning because I worry that your warning. There is there is a warning about creating tulpas, but creating a tulpa is not the same thing as having dissociative identity disorder. Huh. It doesn't really well, lead yeah. to it. I
0: mean, it doesn't always lead to a giant polar bear chasing you around.
1: <laughs> when wow. I was doing my research.
0: Are you done, James? Oh, yeah, yeah, are
1: you done? I'm, are you I'm done? done? I'm done. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh no, s-
0: man, just stomping all over James's topic. Well, I yeah. thought
1: I thought he because he got to on the,
0: my parade.
1: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, James.
0: <laughs> oh man. No well, w-
1: when I was doing my research, I think that one thing that really interests me the most when it comes to tulpa tel- is the difference between creating a tulpa and having a a, a mental disorder. Because there are a lot of similarities between creating a tulpa, uh, at least in the Western idea, the more recent idea of creating a tulpa, it has it kind of looks like a different types of mental disorders. Would you agree with that?
2: Uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like think about near death experiences. You know, they vary tremendously from culture to culture. Uh, tulpas through the Western lens—they don't really mesh that great, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and I—I I, uh, while I was doing my research, I went to YouTube and I watched a lot of videos of people who their tulpas were talking through them, and it looked a lot like some other videos that I watched of people with dissociative identity disorder. Mm. Um, that being said, there are some big differences between them. So, uh, let
2: me for hop everybody. On for everybody who doesn't know, uh, what would be like a good hard definition of uh, dissociative identity personality disorder?
1: Um, I, mean, I even said that right. Yes, dissociative identity disorder. Previously, it was used to be called multiple personality disorder. Uh, uh, let me look in my notes. I've got got the definition in here somewhere. Doot, 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 doot. Okay, according to Psychology Today, I read a really good article on Psychology Today about dissociative identity disorder, which I'm going to call DID. I don't know if that the people who have it call it DID or DID, but I'm going to call it DID. Um, but according to Psychology Today, it is a, quote, rare condition in which two or more distinct identities or personality states are present in and alternately take control of an individual. Some people describe this as an experience of possession. The person also experiences memory loss that is too extensive to be explained by ordinary forgetfulness, end
0: quote. Mm. So So split. Yeah. The movie split. The
1: movie split. People
0: (laughs) Put on a much smaller scale.
1: People who have DID have multiple personalities. So multiple
0: personality disorder was probably an apt way to describe it, but would you say DID is probably a more medically sound way to describe it, I guess, instead.
1: Yeah, I would would say so because basically these people who have this, um, dissociate from their, I guess their, their own self and have other, other personalities or other, they're called, they're called altars.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't know they they had a name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when I did start my research on this, I will be 100% honest that I, I really had no idea what a tulba was. And, as I continued my research, I had a lot of trouble kind of wrapping my mind around the possibility of creating a tulpa, at least in today's society.
0: Yeah, I mean, James's description of uh, Buddhist culture did a lot for me in terms of understanding the thought yeah. process and how yeah. and how that works.
1: I agree. <clears throat> I feel like I I understand it a little bit more now. You've spoken, James,
0: yeah.
1: but as a like the the people who are creating tulpas today, it's completely different than. What yes. James described. And tulpas today are considered more like invisible friends. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, and they were kind of a little bit back then even, but more so today, they're not just invisible friends, but they're there to make it so they're not lonely.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah the
2: motivation is totally different. You're going from something noble to something selfish. And usually... Bad things stem from selfish motivations.
1: Um, that being said, tulpas, people who create tulpas today, claim to get a lot of benefits from from having a tulpa, which I'll talk about here in one second. But when I think of an imaginary friend, I think of a child. Because children create imaginary friends. And right. I read a really interesting article by Psychology Today titled, Imaginary Friends Are Invisible Friends A Sign of Social Problems? And it's about childhood imaginary friends. And um according to research by the Age of 7, at least 37% of children have created an imaginary friend.
0: Huh. James, did you create one? Oh man,
2: that's that's really we should save that for our shadow people episode. Um but
0: we'll, well just say I guess a quick yes or no. No. <laughs> we'll I had an imaginary no. enemy. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. no. Yeah, yeah I, did. I don't I don't recall ever creating a Imaginary friend. I
1: called my dad and I asked him and he said, No, you did not have an imaginary friend. <laughs> but children with imaginary friends at least will often acknowledge that they know that their friend isn't real. And most children who create them are also found to be less shy, laugh more, be more creative, and be better at uh tasks that involve kind of figuring out what other people are feeling or thinking. Yeah. Which surprised me.
0: Really? So kids that create create them have these benefits?
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's, it, every case is different. But yeah, a lot of kids who create imaginary friends, I guess There's it's a because- trend. Yeah. It, it kind of makes them more creative because they're having to completely construct this imaginary friend from nothing.
0: Interesting. Yeah. It, yeah that is.
1: <laughs> but most people with imaginary friends as children, they you know kind of dissipate over time and the person stops talking about them. But research does not necessarily suggest that adults with imaginary friends – well, here, let me, let me start over with that. It
2: doesn't scream well-adjusted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't
1: exactly scream well-adjusted. And one thing that kind of was kind of disappointing when I was doing my research is that there is very little scientific study on people with tulpas and tulpamancy in today's society. There is one researcher, though, who kind of jumped into this realm in recent years. His name is Samuel Paul Louis Vissier. He is assistant professor of psychiatry at McGill University. And he published a very intriguing paper called Varieties of Tulpa Experiences, The Hypnotic Nature of Human Sociality, Personhood, and (laughs) Interphenomenality. That's what? a big word. And this, is, this was released in 2015. Hmm. So it's not that old. But for his research, he surveyed a lot of people who um, practice tulpomancy. And at least in 2014, he found that they are predominantly Caucasian. Hmm. In the survey, he found the age range for tulpamancers – kind of goes between fourteen years old to thirty four years old, with most being between the ages of nineteen and twenty
0: three. Huh.
1: Oh. And I would have thought
0: they were, people would have been older.
1: Well I think that a lot of it is because it's this kind of started on the internet.
0: Yeah. Sort of I, mean, uh, it, yeah. That, I mean really
2: you said that's the demographics of 4chan so well,
0: yeah. well and that's also uh that's prime college years. That's when people leave home that's that's right that's right at the time where people leave home they some of them lose their friends due to them leaving and i can see a lot of people feeling lonely in that time and create something like that and it's time to make ponies
1: (laughs) time to make ponies i thought this was very interesting but a lot of the respondents reported working in the it sector
2: oh i can totally believe that (laughs) that's not weird at all Yeah. yeah
1: yeah i thought that was very interesting uh, most were also found to be shy and have limited social lives. That,
0: that which, makes sense.
1: Yeah. And most reported being lonely to some extent and having some social anxiety. Very interesting is that most actually scored average to above average on empathy and theory of mind tests.
2: Also, closely kind of not surprising. You know, if, if you can empathize, you can create... Uh, 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 project emotions on something else.
1: Yes, but here's the thing. This year also found there was a high number of respondents who reported identifying with having been diagnosed or identifying with Asperger's syndrome, attention deficit disorder, anxiety, depression, and obsessive compulsive disorder.
2: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really cool is that many respondents who did say that they identified with some of these things – said that the Tulpomancy helped them with their anxieties and their ability to read other people, which I thought was really cool.
0: Yeah. There was an interesting interview that we watched on. We actually watched it on uh, YouTube, but it was uh, with with an individual who created a fox, I believe it was. Silver fox. A silver fox that that helped them with their anxiety and a lot of their issues. Uh, Now, before we started... I'm not going to take over your thing too much. But before we started uh, doing research for this, I didn't realize that tulpas could take over your body.
1: Yes, and oh. that's one thing that I don't think we've really mentioned. But people who create tulpas, if the tulpa is strong enough, because a tulpa it takes a lot of work to make. I read something that said it takes like up to 500 hours to create a tulpa. Mm-hmm. 500 um, hours of meditation, so yeah, that is. 200
0: to 500 hours of meditation is typically what it takes. And I think the 200 is for... Those trained by Tibetan monks. Mm.
1: Well, these, <laughs> these tulpas, if the tulpa is strong enough, the person who created the tulpa called the host is what I found on a lot of um, web She's boards. always ominous. Yes, the host <laughs> uh, can let their tulpa take over their body. And so their tulpa is basically the pilot.
0: And that video we watched showed, showed, showed that. Now, whether it's fake or not, I don't know yeah but uh genuine enough for me to be like okay well that's
2: another great example of east versus west you know in the east they, they they know that it's you know an emanation whereas in the west again one of the the big rules making these things is you never make one and fall asleep in the process because then you're allowing it to have access to your subconscious which is going to strengthen it against you, not with you.
0: Right. And the big thing with tulpas is you keep control. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know that you're not in trouble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought like a lot of the videos that I watched of people with tulpas, one thing that I thought was really interesting is like when you're watching them switch from being the host to letting the tulpa take over their body, there actually does appear to be a shift in the way the person carries himself. Oof. Which, yeah, it, it's kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of...
0: It felt genuine.
1: It, yeah, it felt genuine.
0: It was also extremely off-putting. Yeah, it was well, a I mean, little it creepy.
2: sounds like a split,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other personality, other personality is friendly and more outgoing, but it's just like, uh.
1: Well, it's like, you know, if you ran into somebody who did this on the street, it would be...
0: <laughs> well, and, and that kind of goes back to the warning we were kind of doing yeah. is... You know, creating tulpas results in you talking to a fictional—at least everybody else—fictional being. Yeah, and you know it could lead to a whole bunch of not good things.
1: Yeah, it well. And that's
0: assuming the that tulpa doesn't end up having bad ramifications towards wow. you.
1: Yeah, it, it's—I I have like, because as I said, I really can't wrap my mind around this because I've never had the desire or thought to or want to create a tulpa. But people who create tulpas, 150% believe that they are 100% real in their brain. Yes. And yeah. some people report being able to, like, feel the tulpa. Oh,
0: yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. that is something.
1: But... Well, again, um,
2: again, think about how, what you know is real, though. Everything that you experience in your life, it, it comes from your senses. And it got, your senses come from your brain. So if you work at something and make it real, it, it's interesting. It's for. Pres- far as you're concerned, it is real.
1: Like watching the videos, I saw a lot of people who they could they never really like looked at their tulpa. It's like they were thinking and their Tulpa, they could hear what their Tulpa was saying. But then I did see at least one video where the person was like looking across the room, making eye contact with I mean, to me nothing was there, but right. to them there's somebody sitting there, which if you saw that, you know, in public, you might think that person suffers from something like schizophrenia yeah so there are a lot of blur.
2: that's a good indication of of how they're different though because from the at least from the people i've talked to you know they they know like they're at burger king and they're ordering a whopper and they know not to speak aloud to to the being that because they know that it that only they can see and hear it and that it's a product of their mind Whereas someone with schizophrenia if they're at burger king ordering a whopper they're going to be screaming at whatever demon they see because as far as they're concerned Everybody else should see it too.
0: Yeah, and and I know we've already said this, but we're not saying that every person that creates a tulpa has some sort of disorder or anything like that. Yeah, no. We're just saying that there are trends.
1: It's There are trends, but there are are some key differences between tulpamancy and certain types of mental disorders. Well, no, Mm.
0: that's not what I was saying. I was just saying just because someone creates a tulpa doesn't mean they have one of these issues.
1: Yeah, no. One area of research that is actually really lacking, and I wish there was more of this, is brain scans of people who create tulpas. Because oh. I would be so interested to see what parts of the brain are stimulated when someone, you know, switches from their...
2: We need to make a documentary about tulpas.
1: Tulpas. <laughs> Let's do it. I
0: just pictured them doing a brain scan, and this like little silver fox images on the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man.
1: I think, like, I, I, there's brain scans for people with something like dissociative identity disorder, but there's nothing for tulpas.
0: Well, has anyone ever tri- – I guess no one's ever tried it, huh? Uh,
1: well, if there is, and I, any of you listeners, if there have been brain scans, and I just could not find them because I searched all over the place for them on the internet. But if they are out there, please send them to me at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com because I do want to see them. And
0: if it looks like an animal. It's even better. <laughs>
1: um, so, when someone has a Tulpa, it's technically plurality, right? Because there is more than one entity living within the brain of the host. Right. Yeah. Which is very similar to, as we mentioned, dissociative identity disorder, where a person has multiple alters living within the same brain. But let's jump into the differences between Tulpamancy and dissociative identity disorder. Um, one, People willingly create tulpas, whereas people with hallucinations, such as those caused by schizophrenia, or those with dissociative identity disorder, they can't control it.
0: Right. Some people with
1: DID. Yeah, DID. They cannot control it. It's not like they willed themselves to have these alters. And half the time, they don't even realize that they're there. So. Okay. Yeah, And, Hmm. and schizophrenia is usually genetic. Right. DID is most often caused by some type of serious trauma in childhood.
0: Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and It's a means of protecting yourself. Yeah, that happened a split too.
1: Yeah, and I can't, <laughs> I, mean, I can't tell whether or not people who create tulpas experienced any trauma growing up. It's like it's obvious that they are usually lonely, mm. but. Yeah.
0: Again, we're just going by trends. Yeah,
1: we're just going by trends. Um, This is obviously, every case is different. But um, alters in DID don't have another physical form, whereas, they're basically the person whom they are. So somebody with DID has like a fragmented consciousness where they have these different alters. At least it's the way that I kind of...
2: That makes sense. I hadn't really thought about it regarding D.I.D. Huh. Yeah. I wonder about that. I wonder if somebody likes, case in point, a real common uh, alter for D.I.D. is sort of a child version of themselves. I wonder if when they look in the mirror, do they see themselves as they are? or Do they see a child?
1: Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. That's a very interesting thought. I watched, I can't remember the name Of the YouTuber, but there was a YouTuber who has DID. I think it's Disosia DID was the YouTuber's name. But she had a lot of very interesting videos that were really intriguing. Um, But tulpas have a completely, unlike alters, tulpas have a completely different physical form. Even though they're in the brain of this person who has created them. They have. They usually have a different appearance. Like the one person that we watched a YouTube video on had a silver fox. I saw somebody who had um, a medieval queen. Was her tulpa? Yeah. And there were. There was. They. They kind of. They can take on the appearance of an animal.
0: They can be whatever you want. To they make. can
1: be whatever you want to be.
0: <laughs>
1: if you want a tulpa that looks like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, you can make it. <laughs> but. That's one difference. And then another difference, last difference that I have here is from what I could gather, it seems as though alters and DID operate completely separately of each other, but a tulpa exists alongside its host. So it's kind of like you're driving the car and your tulpa is riding shotgun. It can see and hear everything that you're doing and you're fully aware of its presence. And if the tulpa is more established, you can let the tulpa drive the car, aka your body. So wow. that's a big difference, at least that Oof. I kind of noticed.
0: I would never hmm. let anything control my body.
1: <laughs> well, you're probably going to talk about. Alex, I have this a confession. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs>
0: You're
2: not real. You're a Tulpa.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: oh, no.
0: That's, <laughs> that's horrifying. That kind uh, of sent
1: chills up my spine. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Oh, that was good.
1: There is one similarity between Tulpamancy and DID. That's that the Tulpa, the Tulpa, Tulpi, Tulpas.
2: Go for it. Either way. And
1: <laughs> alters are sentient. So they're able to think independently, have distinct personalities, and create their own memories. Uh So some of my own takeaways um, that I I – some things that I thought were very interesting in these videos, as I mentioned earlier, when people switch from themselves to their tulpa, let the tulpa take control of the car, there is a shift between the way they carry themselves – Hmm. um sometimes they they seem like they're more confident in their own skin you know what just just youtube tulpa switching and a lot of videos will pop up and you can see for yourself
0: i would say chances are looking at all this is if someone's tulpa takes over they would exude some traits that the creator believes
1: that they are lacking well, that's and that's uh, one another thing that I thought was very interesting is that to me, it seems like the tulpa that these people create are who they wish they could be.
2: I think that's an excellent observation. I think there's a, a really interesting comparison between an alter ego and a tulpa, because if you look at a lot of like famous alter egos, they're, they're about ideals. You know, you look at Ziggy Stardust. That's who David Bowie wanted to be. And, you know, do you think about that with regard to everything? I mean, I, I hate to use Slim Shady and Eminem as an example, too. But I mean, you, you see that a lot with famous people who they use either a, a pen name or like a pseudonym and they create a persona and that persona, it's always an idealized version of themselves.
1: Yep. Huh. And that's kind of what I gathered from all of these interviews that I watched on on YouTube. Mm. These people kind of seem to be exhibiting things. And a lot of the interviews that I saw, people are asked when the Tulpa is within the body of the host, they ask the Tulpa, is there anything that you like or dislike about sharing this body with your host? And almost every time the Tulpa says all of the things that it doesn't like about its host. So Mm. like, um, too shy, overweight, stuff like that. And You know, it's basically like from an outsider's perspective, it's like, and if you didn't know this person had Tulpa, you would think that this person's just basically trashing themselves. But yeah, I thought it was very interesting to see that the Tulpa had some negative things to say about the person, their host.
0: Hmm. Oof. Oh, it gives me the creeps. Letting something take control.
1: Take control of your body. But these people 100,000% trust their Tulpa. And most of them are like, oh, I know that my tulpa would never do anything that I didn't want it to do.
0: Well, And that is the whole thing of a tulpa, again, is you have complete control of them. They only do things with your permission.
1: But they're completely, they create their own memories and they can do all of these things. Like there was one one interview where they asked the person, what are your first memories to so the tulpa? And the tulpa is like, oh, I don't really have many memories. It was just very dark. I'm like, that's...
0: Right, but that, I'm just going to be poking.
1: No, no. Tulpas
0: aren't hard for me, but that's something that you can imagine creating a life like in front of you. What would they see? It'd be dark and then all of a sudden they're there. There's a light. These are things that I could imagine. (laughs) So, Well,
1: earlier James mentioned the Buddhist concept of the tulpa when you see a bright light. What is that again, James?
2: It's, It's the real you. It's your nimitta.
1: Yeah, it's your nemata. Ooh. Ooh. So could tulpas be considered a form of mental disorder? Um, the definition of a mental disorder is a set of behaviors that cause harm or dysfunction. And so the lines get really blurry here because most psychologists and psychiatrists, they don't necessarily believe tulpamancy is a negative thing because in many cases, people are actually claiming to have benefits from having a tulpa. It makes them less shy. They can understand people better. And in some instances, I read that a Tulpa would remind its host to do things like take their medication.
2: Oh my God, I'm making one tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Little little smartphone app, basically.
1: But in one case, a host even said their Tulpa prevented them from physically harming themselves when they were feeling suicidal, which Mm. I think is pretty cool. That is cool. So can tulpas be considered a form of mental disorder? I, it, I don't know. I can't really answer that question.
2: I don't know. What do you think, Pinkie Pie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So Uh, personally, yeah, I would say it depends on the motivation and the mental state of the person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say the Eastern tradition, I would definitely not regard as, as a mental disorder.
0: No, I wouldn't either. And it's definitely something that should be taken on a case-by-case basis. Yes. Yeah. Some of these people are clearly getting benefit out of it without harming anybody. Others, it seems like there's maybe another problem going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Something that they're not really addressing. Yeah. But again, it's case-by-case. Case. A lot of the people that I watched interviews with did seem... Mm, they knew they, they knew, know how other people are going to perceive their mancy, and stuff like self-aware. that. Self-aware. Yeah, they're self-aware. And mm. they're getting benefits from it. So I don't know. I guess as long as you're not hurting somebody or hurting yourself. Yeah. But case by case. But you got to be very careful when you're creating a tulpa, as Alex is about to tell us. But creating a tulpa is kind of like having a baby. You're yeah. creating something and you're going to have to care for it for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, once you've created a tulpa, they're very, very hard to get rid of. Uh, That's something that I I read frequently. Even people who wanted to get rid of them couldn't. Uh, But, you know, so nobody likes a story where things go right, right?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) At least not on a podcast. Uh, That's why we've got news networks that only tell us the bad things. And so that's what I'm going to do. Okay. So my topic is hope has gone wild okay all right (laughs) in the process of doing all my research i stumbled upon one of the most fascinating women that i've never heard of (laughs) i mean this lady is awesome her name is alexandra david Neal. she's a Mm -hmm. belgian french explorer spiritualist buddhist anarchist writer and opera singer opera singer wow yeah i mean this lady did Everything. She is so cool. I really recommend people, besides the Tulpa stuff, she did so much more. People go look her up and read about her life. She wrote over 30 books during her life. Wow. She traveled the world. I'm talking like China, Japan, Tibet, Russia. She traveled all over Asia. She had a fascination with everything Asian. So she was also the first woman to gain the title of Tibetan Lama.
1: Tibetan Lama?
0: Lama. Wow. Yeah. You know Dalai Lama. Yeah. So she was the first woman to ever be granted that title, uh, and this was all the way at the beginning of the twentieth century. She was born at the end of the nineteenth century, and so she was. And she also went on these like incredible journeys where she travel five thousand miles on a yak through the snow, <laughs> and the only, and she stayed warm by using breathing techniques that she learned from the Tibetans. Huh. This is like
2: a superhero Dude,
0: movie. This she is awesome she is so cool yeah <laughs> but uh i really recommend people read more about her because the tulpa stuff it's like almost the least interesting part of her <laughs> which is so cool but uh so and there is there is a film it's a french film so i mean alexandra lived to be 100 years old I mean, this,
1: this is... That's pretty is, good for the time that she yeah, was Yeah, this is
0: late 19th, early 20th century. She lived to be 100 years old, died just, just before her 101st birthday.
1: Those breathing techniques, man.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, once <laughs> once you learn some of these Tibetan techniques, you can live for a long time. Uh, so, I got sidetracked. Anyway, back, back to the tulpas. Yeah, tulpas. I got, I got distracted by this awesome person. <laughs> yeah. But back to the tulpas, or... I'd call her the mother of the tulpa mother culture the tulpa. in the west. So, during one of her many trips to Tibet, she learned about the creation of tulpas. Uh and she spent several months going into meditation slowly creating this thing. So, uh I think it took her about 3 to 4 months to generate this thing, this tulpa. beautiful, elegant tulpa <laughs> in the shape of Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck? From Robin Hood. Oh, Robin. <laughs> terrific. Yeah, so he's this big, fat, jolly monk. He's this happy thing. You know, he's awesome. What's not to like? Mm. So, at first, it, I thought it was interesting to see how her tulpa slowly came into her, her life. She felt it, or she didn't feel it, not so later. Ugh. So, initially, she could only see it in her peripheral vision.
2: Let's uh, that's a common story.
0: Yeah. So as as she slowly created it, she can only see it in her periphery, uh, and then it started to slowly appear in front of her, more like a like a ghost you would see in a movie that's kind of floating. Like, hey, hey, Alexandra, buddy. <laughs> 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 so it's just like it's there. It's kind of floating, and eventually, it becomes more solidified, uh, to you know your standard three dimensional thought projection. Um, and her topa kept her good company, and she likened him to a roommate and someone that could that provided her company in her home when she was just kind of hanging out. And then one day she goes out on the town, and her topa comes along. Well, she notices that he starts doing things she's not telling him to, and he's not he's not ignoring her orders or anything, but he starts pretending like he's one of these travelers and merchants that's around. He's starting to look both ways on the sidewalk. He's starting to do all these types of things where she's not ordering him to do this. And a Tulpa wouldn't do unless they were told. Uh, So
2: not, not to interrupt, but from whom the people I've spoken with, that's sort of the sign that you've, you've made a fully formed Tulpa is when they do something that you surprises you. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah.
0: But, but for her, seeing it do something where she wasn't commanding it. Cause so, and maybe the difference between what you're talking about and what I'm talking about is so, uh, you command a Tulpa to do something, say play. Maybe they play in a way you don't expect, but maybe for her, it was more of a, he's acting like an actual person who's oh. physical, can be harmed by things in the real world. And that type of thing. So that's what she started noticing. And so, but the real—that pro- wasn't really a problem. Okay, so my top was cool. He can,
1: <laughs> he can handle himself in the <laughs> yeah, streets. Yeah, he,
0: he's more like he, he's more like me. What? a No big deal. So then the real problems began to manifest. She had lost complete control over him, and this was first looking back. That was the point where she had lost control. But it wasn't until he started changing his appearance.
1: Oh, and I haven't read that.
0: Yeah. His appearance started to change. It wasn't like he was dressing differently or anything, but, you know, for something you have complete control over, it should look the same at all times. Uh, right. But slowly, this fat, jolly man that she had created turned into a thin, sinister looking man. Ooh. Oh, my. Yeah. So you can imagine this thing that you can no longer tell to pop in and out whenever you want. Now he's showing up whenever he wants, looking meaner and more angry every time she sees him. No. Yeah, this is the <laughs> downside to Topaz. And this is someone that was trained by Tibetan monks. Wow, yeah. And so she said that there was even times that she thought she could feel his robes brushing up against her. And even one time where she recalls feeling his hand on his shoulder, on her shoulder. But the final straw one day was when a herdsman brought her a gift of butter. And he saw the Tulpa in her tent. Yeah, this is where we're getting into like the Eastern stuff. Yeah. Meantime. But yeah. his thought was that she just had someone visiting, one of, one, a Tibetan monk that she had known visiting. So he didn't really think anything of it until he mentioned it to her later. And she realized that. Someone has seen <laughs> my tulpa, and after no, no, no. that, she committed the next six months of her life to erasing the tulpa from her mind, and that's what she did.
1: So it took six months. It to took get her. It.
0: it took her longer to get rid of it than to create it.
1: How did she get oh, rid wow. of it? Was it just meditation?
0: Meditation. meditation. Yeah. But it took her. Yeah. But she said because the tulpa did not want to be eliminated and was angry about it. That it left her completely physically and emotionally exhausted by the time it was done.
2: You know, this brings up a big ethical issue. I mean, here's my question to both of you. If it had self-preservation and it could be seen by others and she destroyed it, did she take a life by destroying it?
1: It's a, it's a tough one to answer. I want to say
0: yes and no. Uh... <laughs> so the reason I say that is because on one hand, it has a good bit of sentience, how much I don't know, but on the other hand I guess it could be considered a life, but she's killing something that is invading her private space, and it's not threatening her, but giving her a threatening presence at all times by appearing Mm -hmm. wherever and whenever it wanted to Uh, I can't think of anything that's allowed to do that
1: Yeah, but it's... I guess where I get caught is, like, if people are seeing it, then it's more real than it is unreal.
2: Mm. So,
1: but then at the same time, it's she created it out of her mind. It's technically part of her mind. So, she's just... Is she committing murder?
0: No. I would say no. Personally, I wouldn't say. I would say no. Uh, If it was, like, a nice tulpa and it didn't want to get erased, I don't know. I, well... But then, if you apply that to humans, it's like mm-hmm,
2: it's, it's very a, tulpa.
0: it's a very it's a very uh, morally what, black area.
1: What makes me, I guess, the question I have is: is the tulpa that she created a reflection of maybe a part of her personality that she didn't even realize was there? Well, that's possible. Yeah,
0: very likely, even. Yeah. Well, and who knows? Maybe she fell asleep one during those. Two to five hundred hours creating it. And that's oh. what led to that Tulpa's eventual, I guess, downfall. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, but but seriously, that is the least interesting thing about this lady. Like when you read her story, it's like a footnote. There, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> wow. Well,
1: I read that you have to be very cautious when you create a Tulpa. Because they are with you for the rest of your lives and they take quite a bit of work to maintain and if you create them you can kind of i guess like in today's society you might lose touch of reality and it might drive you a little crazy so
0: yeah it'd be very easy i would imagine to be invested in this thing that's not actually there at least everybody else and you become so invested that you don't You kinda you you lose your self awareness and it could become a problem. Yeah.
1: So guys, if you all had a Tulpa, what would its name be?
0: Oh (laughs) man.
1: Hit you hit you with that one. I asked my friend Stephanie what she thinks mine would be named, and she said Bev.
0: Bev. Bev.
1: It's not bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not bad. That's my Tulpa's name.
0: What would you name it? Bev. No, what would you name it? You, we, me, we all know. Well, not all of us. Not, the listeners don't know, but you have a tendency to name things.
1: I've, I'm really uh. good at naming things. I actually named one of James's cows. Thank you very much.
2: Yep.
1: And what and else did rooster. I name? And your rooster.
2: And my donkey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at naming things. Um, I would name mine isosceles.
0: Oh dang! <laughs> what would it be?
1: A triangle. It would oh, be,
0: wow. oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't really want to think about it because I'm afraid that I might will it into existence. I'm sorry,
0: but you you're not gonna meditate for two to five hundred hours. no, on I'm this not, thing, are you?
1: but the mind is a very powerful thing. You never know
0: that it is mine would be a bear, a bear, and its name would be Charles. No. Oh. No. It would be uh see, I feel like when you have a when you have a topa, you gotta name it something crazy. Name it like Gerard or
1: We've got a friend bad. named Gerard.
0: I know. <laughs> We're doing well, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh no but like you don't wanna give it a normal name. <laughs> I that, name- that was not an insult to Gerard. Like like you gotta get like a giant bear and name it Buttercup. <laughs>
1: <laughs> James, what would yours be? Or James, hmm. you've never created a tulpa, have you? No. Okay. Well, oh, yours actually.
2: Yours uh, I don't know if this counts though. Um, sometimes when I meditate, I'll create little, sort of uh, fictional areas. You know, like you're in a field. They say
1: that's thing. the f- one of the first steps to creating a talpa.
2: Interesting. Well, sometimes the the places that I create, they are inhabited by animals, and they do seem to act autonomously. But I don't know if that would qualify, because it's not like I'm actually thinking directly of those, you know, birds and fish and things like that. Um, but uh, I would name it Quark. And for name. some reason, I'm immediately imagining like a little pixie, like uh, kind of like Navi that follows Link around. Yeah. That's, that's what it'd probably look like. Look like a little <laughs> pixie.
1: Well, yeah. James. Hey, it- listen, listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't get the reference. That's what it says on But TV. Alex definitely does. See, she's got this look on her face, like is he I switching
1: don't... into his talpa? Because <laughs> that's one thing about these people <laughs> who switch into their talpa. A lot of them had different voices.
2: Ah, uh, creepy. Yeah, that's another. That's another Western thing. That's uh, that seems like a good way to drive yourself nuts, talking in voices.
0: Yeah. Oof.
1: Well, so I guess are are we finished? Well, I guess if we're finished, um, we got to draw. Oh, yeah. We got to draw.
0: And you, you put all these things together.
1: For what we're talking about next week. Do you guys hear that, guys? Those that, are...
0: That's our drawing vase? Is this a vase?
1: This is like a pot okay it's a very pretty pot with some
0: it's very elaborate for a podcast drawing i'm
1: very happy with it i purchased it today at home goods
0: it was literally bought for this purpose
1: yes and (laughs) if i'm gonna buy something yes (laughs) if i'm gonna buy something that's gonna be in my home it's gonna be attractive
0: okay fair enough
1: Anyways, we're going to uh, we're gonna draw for what we're going to be talking about next week, and we've got lots of ideas. As we said at the very beginning of this podcast, if there are any topics that you want to hear us talk about, please submit them to us, because we want to talk about topics that are of interest to you.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Yes. If so, yours is picked.
1: Yeah, if you email them to us and you say, you if you don't want your name mentioned, because I know some people we've had in the past haven't wanted their name mentioned, yeah. but- it, yeah, tell us if you don't want your name mentioned.
0: And uh you can also send it on Twitter as well. Yeah, Twitter. You, you could DM it, you could DM us or the first person to mention it on I dunno, mention it to have us. Have your
2: well. Tulpas talk to our Tulpas.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, so We'd I, love to get some stories from people too.
1: Yes. If you guys have any stories about creating Tulpas, or if we said mm. something that's inaccurate and you want to clarify, um you want us to clarify it on our next episode, send us
0: the information. The or, information.
1: Yeah. And if you want to send us a story, it doesn't necessarily have to be about talpas. It can be about seeing Bigfoot or... Um, that
0: time you got probed by an alien.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let us know because we will read your story.
0: But please send honest stories. Yes. We don't want to waste our time fi- having to start filtering BS.
1: So. Yes. And don't send us creepypasta stories.
0: Wait. Why not?
1: Creepypasta, creepypasta stories Creepypasta,
2: Alex, are things that already exist. Like, they're... They're not telling us
0: anything new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't tell us that.
1: Tell us your personal stories. <laughs> okay, so we're going to draw.
0: I learned something new about creepypasta today. I did not expect yeah. that.
2: All right. Pasta literally comes from a joke term for paste, like copy and paste. So it's not like original. Oh.
1: All right. So yeah. next week we are talking about S- simulation theory.
0: S- oh. Anthony.
1: Yeah. Submitted by my brother, Anthony. Anthony. We won't say his last name,
0: but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what that is. So this is going to be weird.
1: James, give a, give a quick, um, overview uh, you know, of it's, simulation.
2: It's kind of funny. You know, we went over the Buddhist model oh. where, you know, the universe is a product of thought. Well, simulation theory yeah. is that the universe is literally simulation. not It's a, like a big video game. It's the matrix basically.
0: Yeah, there's some uh, there's some pretty big people out there that believe in simulation theory. Oh
2: yeah, well, it seems like half of the, the at least pop physicists believe that. So, yeah, interesting it's interesting.
0: Stuff. Okay, well, uh, I guess we're going to be devoting it to disproving it, or no, uh, uh, we're going uh, uh, to talk it. about
1: yeah, we're going to talk about it. Kind of like
0: flat Earth. Okay, I got yeah, you, I guess so.
1: You. Stay tuned next week where we're going to talk about. Simulation theory. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Beep, boop, <laughs> okay, so wow. our music is Signal by Grant Cook. You can find him on <laughs> Apple,
0: Apple Music. <laughs> Apple
1: Music. I was gonna say Apple Podcast. You can find him on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music.
0: Find it everywhere. He actually put out a new song recently.
1: Yes, and it's very good.
0: Yeah. But uh yeah, check him out. He's great. Uh and also keep checking us out. Yeah. We and give us feedback. Rate, and
1: review and subscribe. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Do rate, please do that. and subscribe. Yeah, if you do that, we can reach a bigger audience and keep growing the podcast.
1: Yeah. And so until next time, Alex, James, myself, Isosceles, Quirk, and Buttercup, Buttercup. <laughs> want to say keep, keep it strange. strange. <laughs> All,
0: All right. right, bye, guys. See ya. <laughs>
2: What do you think, Pinkie Pie?